It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into Sports 56 Mornings. We are here for your listening pleasure. Many of you folks continue to enjoy a little vacation for Christmas. We are back to work, and we're here for those of you who are also back to work and with us this morning. It is the Tuesday, December 26th, 2023 edition of the program, and even though it's the holidays, things slow down for families somewhat, but not for sports. Not the sports world. We are busy as heck. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Whitten Road. That is just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Today, temperature-wise, right now we're looking at clear skies, just 37, a high of only 52 today. Tonight, considerable cloudiness, occasional rain showers with a low dipping down to 36. And then for your Wednesday, partly cloudy and chilly with a high of around 51 degrees. Hope everybody had a spectacular Christmas day yesterday with your friends and family and got everything you wanted from jolly old St. Nick. Today on the program, we're going to give you a lot of everything. No coal in the stocking, plenty of different topics to get into. Special guests include Connor O'Gara to join us at 725 to talk bowl games. Jeff Crane at 825 from the University of Memphis. Zoe Goodson from Rose College and their men's basketball team getting set to take a trip out to Las Vegas. And then at 925, Blake Topmeyer, who wasn't able to be with us last week, SEC columnist for USA Today. More on college football. Of course, we'll talk Tigers basketball. We'll talk Grizzlies, who are back in action tonight in New Orleans against the Pelicans. The uh, AP Top 25 poll came out yesterday. Memphis moving on up. We had a big day of NFL football. Big weekend of NFL football we'll discuss. And a big day yesterday of NBA basketball on Christmas Day. Plus bowl games resumed tonight. We got Humdinger's Trivia. That'll come your way at about 8.05. And for the final time, we will give you the topic for tomorrow's final five favorite things. We'll take your calls and texts 901-360-8255 on the Sports 56 listener lines. 901-360-8255 or messages on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website sportsmemphis.com. That's your line up front. All spanking new edition of Sports 56 mornings. Hope you had a great, uh, great, I was going to say Valentine's Day. Great Christmas with your family. Enjoyed yesterday? I did. Fantastic, uh, fantastic day. Fantastic weekend. Um, So, yeah. It's uh, now now rolling towards the new year. Zach, how about yourself? It was good. I can't complain. Yeah, you know, quiet. A uh, little little. Or did you make like eight different trips during the day to different no, members it was of the just family? One trip. It just stayed at the house. Okay. Uh, we had a door decorating contest. Yeah. Did you win? No, I came in third. Did you get anything for third? I look cash prize here. No, uh, that's not bad for yeah. third place. Yeah, we did the old. Uh, went over to the son's house for a while there in the morning for breakfast and then at night we hosted the family for dinner so it was good it's just too quick obviously it's quick and you know you're trying to watch 
NBA and the NFL and be with family and open up gifts. And, you know, you got to turn around and get up real early in the morning for today's show. But that's what we do. And uh, that's why we enjoy what we do, because we bring you that uh, entertainment that uh, you're if you're with us. And there's a lot of people came up to me and said, hey, we love listening to you in the mornings and we'll be with you on Tuesday morning. So they're back to the grind. And it is what it is. But again, next week, same type of deal with the holiday being New Year's Day next Monday. We won't have a show next Monday, but then we'll be back to usher in 2024 on Tuesday. Uh, You and I were at the Memphis-Vanderbilt game on Saturday afternoon, and it kind of went as many expected. John Calipari used to talk about this game in particular, not Vanderbilt, but the game in which you play right before Christmas and the players are leaving that day. They're getting on planes. That they are never focused the way they need to be focused. Now, there's another team that's part of the occasion and part of the battle on Saturday. And Vanderbilt, who had been playing incredibly poor this year and had injuries as well, came into FedEx form with nothing to lose and played their hearts out. And quite frankly... Deserved to win that basketball game. For a good portion of the game, they outplayed Memphis. But a good team finds ways to win, and that's what Memphis is, a really good team. They are now 10-2 and after a 77-75 win over the Commodores. And then when the polls came out yesterday, Memphis moved up to number 19 in the Associated Press Top 25 poll. David Jones, who was not feeling great. In fact, he had some IVs after the game. He was under the weather. Still went for 28 points and 9 rebounds. Javon Quinterly, 13 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals. And we saw the debut of newcomer Naquan Tomlin, who played 15 minutes and 25 seconds. Scored 8 points, hit his first shot from the field. It was a 3-pointer, much to the delight of the fans that came out to see the game on Saturday, three rebounds and assists, a couple of turnovers. Memphis turned the ball over only nine times. They forced 17. And again, just win, baby. They got the win, Eli. And now it's a game against Austin P this Saturday at 6. That will wrap up the calendar year. And then from there on out, it is all conference play before the NCAA tournament. Yeah, this was, um, you know, I talked about it last week. I asked Andy Borman about it last week. You, you look at Coming off three ranked opponents, um, now and even though Vanderbilt's an SEC team, let's be honest. I mean, people these guys aren't dumb. They look at it, and realize they're not a very good SEC team, uh, and they had been struggling mightily and are coming off a loss to Western Carolina. Um, so um, you throw in the holiday quotient as well. Um, you could certainly see where a team. Is going to have a letdown. I mean, it's just it's human nature um, for there to be a letdown coming off the three big wins they had. And give Jerry Stackhouse credit, give Vanderbilt credit. I mean, they um, what they were able to do from three point range for most of the game was impressive because they are one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country. Now, whether those uh, it was the kind of the regression to the mean or whatever down the stretch. They were not able to hit threes and, of course, had the chance to win the game with a three at the buzzer and were unable to hit that. But I believe they missed their last six three-pointers in that game. But um, they did a heck of a job. They played well um, and you know gave themselves a, a great opportunity to win a game. But the Tigers uh, were able to find a way to win. And then you're going to, throughout a season, you have games that, you might need a little luck, might have to figure out a way to win. 
um, despite not playing your best, and you just hope that you can get those wins because um, you don't really want to have losses to teams like that on that resume when it comes NCAA tournament time. And that's what the Tigers, in the end, it's a win, move on, get ready for Austin P, and uh, then get ready for conference play. And Memphis will finish near the top of the SEC in the standings at 4-1. and one. Pretty good run against SEC teams. Should have been 5-0, and oh, but give credit to the Ole Miss Rebels. So the top 25 poll comes out yesterday. As I mentioned, Memphis moves up to number 19. Interesting, Ole Miss is 24th, five spots behind Memphis, despite a 12-0 mark, just one of three unbeatens remaining in Division I basketball to go along with Houston and James Madison. Purdue got 46 first-place votes. They are number one. Kansas got five. They are number two. The aforementioned Houston Cougars, unbeaten. They got nine first-place votes, but not enough regular points to surpass Kansas. They are third, Arizona fourth, UConn fifth. Tennessee comes in at number six in this week's poll. Florida Atlantic from the American Conference is up to seventh. They defeated Arizona in double overtime on Saturday, 96-95. Kentucky is eighth, North Carolina ninth, Marquette 10th. Then other teams of note, Clemson, which lost to Memphis, is still ahead of Memphis there, 18. I mentioned Ole Miss at 24, but Florida Atlantic, I know they lost to Bryant and people were laughing, oh, what a fluke. They're no fluke. That is a really good team that had a bad day. Yeah, that was an impressive win, certainly. Um, it's Arizona. And that, I mean, it's, it's good for the American Athletic Conference. Um, good for the Tigers <laughs> because of that. I mean, uh, you will see... It, I you know I I doubt it will happen, but I mean there is a chance that Florida Atlantic and Memphis both go undefeated in the rest of the conference. <laughs> I mean, you could see both of those teams come the end of the year when they finally meet in conference play, both with some really long winning streaks on the line. Right, and at stake, high seeds. The Florida Atlantic Owls have played a decent non-conference schedule. Obviously, Memphis has played a really good non-conference schedule. But that win against Arizona will go a long way. So, yeah, even though there is a lot of mediocrity in the conference, they are very top-heavy with two very, very good programs. So, the Tigers' players remain out. I believe they return tomorrow. Again, they'll prepare for the Austin P. Governors, the Govs have beaten Memphis one time in their history. That was the first time they played, and then Memphis has rattled off eight games straight since, eight wins since. We will, at least we're scheduled to have Andy Borman on again tomorrow as he joins us every week to talk more about that one. In the meantime, while the Tigers held off Vanderbilt on Saturday, the Memphis Grizzlies went into Atlanta and won for the third straight time since Jaws' return, and despite the Grizzlies still being well out of it. They're 9-19. and They're starting to excite people. Marcus Smart has been upgraded to questionable for tonight's game in New Orleans. Means more than likely he will play. He's been out with a left ankle sprain. He's missed 16 games. If he does play, it would be the first game he's played with John Morant. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But on Saturday, they beat the Hawks 125-119. to Ja with 30 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds, and Des Bain was unconscious. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Tripp contributed 20. Vince Williams Jr. had 11 rebounds. Yeah, this stretch right now coming up, Eli, is going to tell a large tale, in my opinion. While there's still a bunch of games to go, 
and I believe the Grizzlies are five out of that last play-in spot. This week, these road games, New Orleans tonight, they got to go to Denver, they got to play the Clippers all on the road, and then Sacktown in Sunday for a game at FedEx Forum. If you want to stay within striking distance, you have to go minimum two and two. And I think this will tell the tale because I said I want to see Jaws first four or five, six games out of the shoot when he returns to see really if I feel without Steven Adams, obviously without Brandon Clark, do they have enough? And they're getting Kennard back soon. It looks like smart maybe tonight. Well, they looked really good the first three games. We know the difference that Jaws can make. Well, now these tough road games. What can they do? Are they going to limp back to Memphis 0-3, losing three straight before the Sacramento game? Or are they going to go 2-1 or 3-0? What, what can they do? This one will tell me really or not if I believe that the Grizzlies are for real, that they can make not only a push, but if they get into the tournament, have an opportunity to advance in the tournament. Yeah, you know, tonight is... Certainly very winnable. You just won there last week in Jaws' return, but I'm certain, uh, sure, with the way that went, New Orleans um, will be very motivated tonight to try and get a little bit of revenge for that heartbreaking loss for them on their home floor. Um, but certainly when you're talking Denver and you're talking Clippers, you're talking Sacramento, some of these games, some of these teams you've got coming up, um, they're none of them are easy. So, um, yeah, I think if you could go two and two out of these four, you would take that. Um, but you know, it's, you know, tonight is one, certainly, you know, you can go down there and win, um, but it's not going to be easy, but it, it's just, again, you watch this team with Ja. I mean, it just, the, it's a, it's a different team. Um, everything about them just looks different. There's that swagger, um, is back. There's no doubt. Uh, you know, Desmond Bain is rolling. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot lifted off of his shoulders <laughs> offensively with job being there. He's not asked to do quite as much, but he has been and he has been terrific, especially these last two games, what he has done in scoring. Um and you know those th- the big three are you know combining basically for around 70 points a night. It seems like every game now that they're playing together. So um, then things are looking a lot better, that's for sure, than where they were a week ago. Um, and hopefully they can keep it rolling in New Orleans tonight. I know it's always a numbers game when it comes to the All-Star team. I believe Des Bain's an All-Star. I, I think he should be on the Western Conference All-Star team. A lot will depend on how the Grizzlies finish before the All-Star break with their record. And, of course, the numbers crutch. But, man, he, he is an all-star, in my opinion. Memphis has shot at least 50% in all three games since Morant's return. The Grizzlies recorded season high in points, 125, and points in the paint, 76, in the come-from-behind win in Atlanta. They are averaging 62 paint points in three games with John Morant. That's first in the NBA in that span, compared to just 44.7 paint points before Morant's return which was 28th. You talk about a difference. My gosh, 28th to first. So again, tonight in New Orleans, the Grizzlies begin a three-game road trip. Yesterday, some interesting games on Christmas Day, as there always are. The Knicks beat the Bucks 129-122. Jalen Brunson went for 38 points. Denver over Golden State, 120-114, with uh, Nikola Jokic... And 
who else? Jamal Murray combining for 54 points. Boston beat the Lakers 126 to 115. Chris Stapps Porzingis with a big game, 28 and 11. Anthony Davis had 40 in a losing effort for the Lakers. Then Miami beat the Sixers 119-113 in a game which did not see either Joel Embiid or Jimmy Butler, the two big stars, play because of injuries. But Jaime Jaquez Jr., if you wanted to see him, Eli, you got a lot of Jaime. 31 points in that game, a career high. And then to wrap it up, Dallas all over Phoenix, 128-114. Luka Doncic at 50. He now has over 10,000 career points. To me, it feels like he just started the NBA two years ago. It just It's weird. Over 10,000 points already for Doncic. And Phoenix, they have a problem. They have a big problem. Injuries have been a big part of it. But, my gosh, you have, according to reports, Kevin Durant not happy playing a secondary role, I guess, to Devin Booker. Phoenix is one of those teams where you looked at those three guys before the season. Oh, man, this is going to be a great trio. They're going to be near the top. And they are on the outside of the playoffs looking in right now. Yeah, I, I've never thought that would work very well, mainly because of injuries, um, which has been a big problem. But it just, you know, these, there has to be a little, like, there has to be a little thought in putting guys together. And I don't, I mean, that, right. I, don't, I don't think that threesome worked well because of, you're talking about all kind of wing players. It's not, there's no, kind of rhyme or reason to putting those three together. And um, they haven't, no, they've barely played all together. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see where that leads them second half of the season, getting close to trade deadline. How do they try and tinker with things? What do they try and do? All of that stuff. Because um, when you've got what they've got invested, um, they, they've got to figure out a way to get in. That's for sure. We officially welcome Iowa State to town. They've been here for a couple of days as they get ready for Friday's AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. 2.30 kickoff from Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And uh, welcome Memphis. Good to have you here in Memphis as the Tigers get ready to play the Cyclones. Yes, yes. believe they get into town today. They, they get to their hotel, I think, actually, what is it, tomorrow? They get down to the, uh, I think it's the uh, Sheridan downtown, but bowls pick back up today. There are three games on the schedule for today. The Quick Lane, Bowling Green in Minnesota. The first responder, which was the bowl Memphis played in last year down in Dallas. Texas State and Rice and Kansas and UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. I got to be honest with you. I've been so busy. I've watched just a little bit of a couple bowls. I watched... A little bit of Arkansas State. They lost to Northern Illinois 21-19 in the Camellia Bowl. They had a two-point conversion try to tie the game up and uh, did not convert, so they lose that game. I watched, and, and Butch was mad. He was he was redder than he normally is. Butch was, whew, man, oh, man. That was, uh, I don't know if he got a big bonus for winning a bowl game or what, but he was an angry man about the onside, uh, offside call on the onside kick. Whew, man. Did he have a right to be angry? Uh, I mean, I, I, you could probably make an argument that he had a right to be angry. I'm not sure he had a right to be that angry. I don't know if anybody has a right to be that angry over a bowl game. <laughs> Unless it's a playoff game. I don't know anybody has the right to be that angry. Like, he wanted to, like, look like he wanted to kill an official. Like, dude, it's a bowl game. Who cares? couple of other results. Northwestern beat Utah 14-7 in the Vegas Bowl. I bring that up because what a turnaround for Northwestern. From Pat Fitzgerald and that whole deal fired the investigation into what was going on at Northwestern. 
And this interim coach, who now is the head coach, turns them around and gets them a win over Utah in the Vegas Bowl. Ended up winning eight games. Friday night was just the one game, Georgia Tech-UCF, Gasparilla Bowl. UCF's leading 14-0. I think that was my pick, your pick. <laughs> I turn around, Georgia Tech wins that one, 30-17. Their coach, Key, he did a good job with Georgia Tech this year. So these bowl games, are they're impossible. They're impossible to handicap. You don't know who's really into it, who's not into it. And then we get the news today, or maybe it was late last night, about Florida State. The backup quarterback, the guy who ended up having the concussion, uh, Roddenbach, uh, Rodbaker. Rodbaker. He has hit the transfer portal. Portal. What? Like right before their game against Georgia, he is not even going to play in this game. We'll talk more about that when Connor O'Gara joins us in our next segment. Florida State is down like 20 guys. It is incredible. And I guarantee you we'll get calls and texts after Georgia blows them away because Georgia will blow them away. There's nobody on that team. So that's sad to hear that news, especially this late in the game. There's going to be a lot of guys hitting the portal after their bowl games. And there are guys that have announced they're hitting the portal and still are playing for their teams. I asked Ryan Silverfield about that last week at his press conference. He said, oh, he wouldn't allow that. And I would think most coaches wouldn't. But some coaches are allowing that to happen. Then you have the news of Jerry Kill announcing he's stepping down, I guess health reasons again, at New Mexico State. And huge news for Ole Miss. Former five-star defensive tackle Walter Nolan is transferring from A&M to Ole Miss, 6'4", 290-pounder. Ole Miss has done an absolutely incredible job in the portal. And they are going to be one of the teams to beat next year in college football. They've had a great year this year. It could be that special next year on a 12-team playoff where Ole Miss finds themselves in the postseason, in the playoffs. Yeah, they certainly will be um, one of the teams that will be, you know, have a great shot at getting there. Uh, the Walter Nolan news was no surprise. Everybody um, knew that was was pretty much coming. Um, the former St. Benedict player here for one year and guy who kind of moved around in his high school career, moving around in his college career now, but certainly a hell of a talent and a huge pickup on that defensive front for Ole Miss. And um, Lane Kiffin, you're not, he's not the portal king for nothing. Dude continues to do it. Incredible, incredible run. By the way, there's a lot to talk about in the world of the National Football League including some big surprises. We will do that to open up our number two after Humdinger's trivia. So stay tuned for that if you want to hear about the National Football League. When we come back, it's more on college football with Connor O'Gara. Do you want to tell your folks about the great folks down at All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch? If you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevy and Olive Branch is financing down to 1.9 or up to 10,000 cash. Plus, make no payment for 90 days, and your good credit deserves it. That's a great way to start off 2024. You can check out all the red tag deals on the Tahoes, the Equinox, the Trailblazers, all their great vehicles. Families love the Traverse with the third row seat so they can do more together, take those family trips whenever and wherever they want to go. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving to those parties you're going to? Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, all-stars loaded up. If it's not there, just ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. 
Kevin and Jeff and everyone at All Star Chevrolet wants to wish everyone a happy new year and, of course, a belated Merry Christmas. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. Just underway on a Tuesday, day after Christmas, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 7.30 the time on this day after Christmas. Hope yours was a terrific one. It is time to talk some college football. We are getting into the nitty-gritty now of bowl season and, of course, the college football national playoffs and national championship game as we'll usher in 2024. And it's always great to talk college football with Connor O'Gara. It's time to talk some SEC and college football. Joining Greg and Eli is Connor O'Gara from SaturdayDownSouth.com and SaturdayTradition.com. Here's Connor O'Gara with Greg and Eli. He is indeed the senior national columnist for Saturday Down South, Saturday Tradition. You can follow him on Twitter at CJ O'Gara. Catch him every other Tuesday talking with us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning, Connor. Hope you had a great Christmas with your family. How are you? Doing well, you know, just trying to get back into into the swing of things. Uh, it was a, a great low key Christmas here uh, in Central Florida. Life, life is good, man. I'm ready to to get into the nitty gritty of bowl season. So I'm trying to do the uh, the math, and I think if I have this correct, after today, the next time we'll talk to you will be actually the Tuesday morning after the national championship game. So we have a lot to get to on the show. First of all. I don't know if you could even put it in the words, what has happened to Florida State since not getting the call to be in the playoffs. We've had a school that wants to leave the conference. We now have the backup quarterback, who was kind of the controversial figure, right? Rodemaker. Well, you know, they could play and, and compete in the playoffs with Rodemaker. He's coming off a concussion. He'll be ready to go. Well, now he has hit the transfer portal. Mike Norvell is missing half his guys when they get ready to battle Georgia, and it's not going to be fair at all once they get clobbered more than likely by the Bulldogs. Man, what has happened? One decision has just turned everything around for that poor organization, that poor program. Yeah, it's it's strange, and I don't know if there's anything quite like this in recent memory because this initial snub of not getting into the college football playoff, I, I argued it was as egregious as any playoff national championship decision that we've seen in the 21st century in the sport and so you have this mass exodus with a team that is riding a win streak of what 18 games 19 games now 
And it's crazy to think about because they've done everything right. But this is the reality of today's college football. And if you don't get a chance to play for a national championship, you're asking why. You're saying, why have we done everything right, and yet we are being told by the powers that be that we are not good enough or not worthy enough to have that honor in front of us? We're Florida State. We're, we're not UCF doing this in 2017. We're Florida State. And so they're looking at all the things around them and the, the fact that they have all these guys hitting the portal. That's just reality for no matter who you are. Even Ohio State's dealing with that. Georgia has a lot of players that are entering the portal as well. It's just the reality of this situation has created a perfect storm where Florida's season, Florida's entire trajectory of the program has now changed drastically in the last month and a half. You uh, certainly are not a lawyer like we are not, but what do you think of their efforts to see if they can get out of this grant of rights, which certainly could affect a lot of things within the ACC, a lot of teams within the ACC and elsewhere if their lawyers were to, to figure out a way out of this? I'm not holding my breath because, <laughs> yeah. guys, it's been two and a half years. If you've had two and a half years since this Oklahoma-Texas decision to go to the SEC, you have had lawyers that have been working. I don't know what those hours are. I don't know what they're working on retainer for, but i got to imagine there are so many schools in the ACC who have had lawyers looking for every mm-hmm. possible loophole in existence, and it's gotten us here. It's gotten to a place where they're like, well, we just need to sue over over this grant of rights. That's really the only way because there are no loopholes in, in this at, at this point we're just going to hope for the best and this feels like a hell mary attempt i, I don't know what's going to get them out of this I, I really don't i don't know what they can possibly find to say oh yes the contract that you signed that you agreed to that you did because you wanted that security in 2016 you uh, you need to find a way to get out of this i don't know what what in the world they could possibly dig up at this point that's going to make the, the decision makers say, yeah, you know what, you guys were, were wronged and you have every right to get out of this. I just don't see it happening. Because of that, and I think you're right, have you not allowed yourself to kind of think what could happen and which direction it would go if all of a sudden Florida State did find a loophole and then others followed suit? I, I haven't. Look, I, I, I'll continue to say, unless someone is willing to pay that fee or they have found this this wrongdoing where they can get out of it, I don't want to necessarily sit here and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it would be fascinating to see what it would look like for certain schools in the SEC and certain schools in the Big Ten because the conference would break apart, I think, if, if we did see those those ways to get out of the Grant of Rights deal, which still has these teams in these, this contract through 2036. I mean, Florida State's going to get out of the ACC at one point or another, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe there is that out in 2027. I know that had been talked about as well. I can't remember. Chris Benini brought up something about that, about how there could be a potential wiggle room to get out of it at that point. But still, I, I just think that the ACC right now is just so on hold with its future and seeing the way that this playoff selection committee treated Florida State has certainly expedited that process. Connor, do you believe the chatter that if Harbaugh leaves Michigan that Brian Kelly could be the guy there? Man, I saw my guy Hester talking about that. Look, Hester doesn't make up things like that. He doesn't. He's not the one that's going to get out there and and necessarily throw something just to see if it sticks. I I think it's fascinating because I I do think there is a bit of negotiating and Kelly wanting to see where he stands with LSU after two years. Two years in which you could poke holes in it, but at the same time you would say, all right, well – 
you just had a Heisman Trophy winner this year. Yes, it was disappointing that he only won nine games. But Bama, you beat him in year one. You got to an SEC championship. Could there be a bit of posturing going on here? That wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't. Wouldn't be the first time a, a former, or I guess an active LSU coach is rumored to be going to Michigan. Only here. Oh, yeah, he's actually not going there. Uh, shout out 2007, that wacky season. Um, I, I don't think it'll end up happening. I just don't. I, I do think that there could be a little bit of, you know, Kelly's camp trying to get out ahead of this. But I would be surprised if he were to leave LSU for Michigan. If he were to, if he were to go there, again, you're a coach that has coached at Notre Dame, LSU, and Michigan. My goodness, that's that's a hell of a lineup of teams you've coached. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Brian Kelly is easily one of the top five best coaches in the sport, and has been for for quite some time. So anybody that that wants to point to the lack of national championships and say, "Well, he didn't do this, he didn't do this." Like, Go find the amount of coaches who have done that. Okay, so by then, by that criteria, you're taking Jimbo Fisher ahead of Brian Kelly. No, I'll, I'll take Brian Kelly. Thank you. Um, like there's just so much left. I, I think for him to do at LSU that it would surprise me if he decided, you know what? No, I got to get back to the place where this all started at Grand Valley State in the state of Michigan, coaching up a team that is going to have a lot of questions coming off of this season as well. And why would you leave a place like LSU where you have been able to recruit, you've been able to develop, and do everything you set out to do? Portals kooky as it always is. Trevor Etienne leaving Florida to go play against rival Georgia. I love Trevor Etienne. I love Trevor Etienne. I love what he's been for this program at Florida in his two years there in a place that you've kind of questioned at points. Do they have superstars here? Do they... They have enough skill guys there. He has been so good in these two years, but I can't wait to see him in a Georgia uniform because that guy needs to be getting the football more. And if this is really as simple as, oh, well, and it's not as simple. I shouldn't say it's as simple as this, but if the sticking point with Billy Napier really was about pass protection and he couldn't become a feature back unless he became a better pass protector, which is what I've been told those conversations were, then that's an absolute joke in today's era of college football. Get a better offensive line. Stop asking your 5'9", 205-pound running back to be a pass protector and use that as an excuse not to give him the football more. To me, that's just absolutely absurd. Trevor Etienne is maybe the best back that Georgia's had since, like, DeAndre Swift. Maybe a little bit of the player James Cook became in 2021. Guys, he is that good. He is a special player. And even if he doesn't get some massive increase in touches, I still think his impact will be felt even greater, and he's going to become an even bigger household name in the sport. Eli and I were talking earlier about what Lane Kiffin has done at Ole Miss and the latest being Walter Nolan, just a huge pickup from Texas A&M. Who, in your opinion so far, with lots more of things still to happen, but your opinion, top two or three portal moves so far? ETN to Georgia is one of them. It just it has to be. Um, I think you could you could look at a lot of different things with with what Ole Miss has done and say, oh, I like this. Oh, I like that. Getting Juice Wells into that system at Ole Miss is, is going to be a top portal move. I, it really is. Juice Wells at South Carolina was a tremendous player that they just got they just got for for nothing, and he he became the number one guy and passed up a ton of guys on that depth chart and was fantastic in 2022, and especially down the stretch when South Carolina was beating the likes of Tennessee and Clemson, and they played really well against Notre Dame. But it was just a lost season for him. It was a lost season. Getting him into that offense at Ole Miss 
if he stays on the straight and narrow, and if he's locked in, that is going to be a special sight to see. Look at what they just did with Trey Harris, the Louisiana Tech mm-hmm. transfer, a guy that a lot of teams could have had, and he just turns into a superstar. That guy was musty TV whenever he was on the field and healthy this past year. That's what Lane Kiffin has done. Those superstars in the passing game have been year after year that he just finds. Juice Wells, I think, will be a big-time impact player, potential All-American next year. If you were ranking SEC teams for next year right now, obviously still a lot to be decided in the portal, where would Ole Miss fall in your rankings? I think fourth, but I I think I'd have to put them fourth because let's remember the Texas part of this as well. Mm, yeah. I, I, you, you can't put them ahead of Alabama. You can't put them ahead of Georgia, uh, Texas. It, to me, like Texas actually checks the most boxes of a national championship team of the remaining playoff field. And I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to lose to Bama in the national championship. But they have all those pieces in place. So in with returning Quinn Ewers, I know they're going to lose some of those key pieces in the receiving room to the NFL. At least that's expected. But I still would probably say Ole Miss is like right behind them. I mean, and especially with the way the schedule sets up, too, it's really favorable not having to play Bama. And you look at these other SEC teams, yeah, I think Ole Miss is, is definitely on the short list. I, I will not have them going 66 next year, I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, you just gave us a little teaser for the national semis and the championship game. We'll get a little bit more info on that in just a second. Before we do that, though, a couple of the bowl games that you are looking forward to watching from here through the national championship game, other than obviously the playoff games. How about Mizzou and Ohio State? A game that, look, I think we we all can acknowledge that the teams have different motivations for bowl season. Mm-hmm. Mizzou is not going to have any opt outs in that football game, and they're going to turn a ton of talent. They're 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 a team that you talk about Ole Miss and where their hierarchy is in the SEC next year. Mizzou feels like they should be right there as well, and it's hard to blame them with what they've done during this regular season, wherein they've gone ten and two and played with every team on that schedule. I think they're going to be plenty motivated. An Ohio State team that. You just don't know what to expect without Kyle McCord, with some of the opt-outs that they've had, with some of the guys that, that are going to be going to, to the NFL. I, I think Mizzou is set up to have one of those days where you're reminded that bowl games can still matter and they can still carry significance. And then, you know, obviously the Peach Bowl. We talk about Ole Miss a lot here, but, you know, I, I think seeing what both of these teams are going to do in a spot where they're, they're trying to show that they can beat elite teams. They're, Penn State is kind of the, the Big Ten's version of Ole Miss. Where they've just been held down by the elite competition, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, I, I think this should be a really nice matchup for two teams that should have all the motivation in the world. You mentioned what your national championship game is, and it, it, it's it, it's interesting that it seems like everybody that I see is picking Alabama to beat Michigan. <laughs> I don't. It's hard to find somebody picking Michigan out there in this game. I, it's it's crazy to think the year Michigan had, but everybody thinks that Alabama is just going to beat them. You like go talk to some Michigan fans because I'll tell you what they're they're mighty confident. They are mighty, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the Taylor Luan clip that came out, but I was like, oh boy, uh, he watched a little bit too much USF game film and not enough Georgia game film. Uh, look, I, I think that Alabama has a slight edge, and the thing that I keep coming back to in this matchup is the roster of quarterbacks that Michigan has faced. It is not good, Greg. You know, Talia Tungabailoa, nice player, really nice player, big time. Big Ten all-time leading passer, right? Guy had a great career. If he is easily, easily the best quarterback that your team has faced, that's telling. And he is easily the best quarterback that Michigan has faced this year. They have faced two top 50 pass offenses all year. One of them was led by Kyle McCord, who's now off to Syracuse. 
Jalen Milrose is a different cat. He's a different cat than anybody they've tried to that they've tried to defend this year. They're they're trying to use Alex Orgy in practice to simulate what Milrose is going to bring to the table. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I think he's got some similarities to Max Duggan in the way those guys like to operate. We saw what he did to that Michigan defense last year in the playoff semifinal. Yeah, I know that Vegas still has still has Michigan as the favorite, but. I'm not betting against Alabama. They have Team of Destiny type vibes right now. All right, so your championship game, how do you see the game going? I think Bama wins a thriller, and I don't think that we lose a quarterback at halftime a la the national championship mm-hmm. between Bama and Texas then in 2009 with Colt McCoy going out. Um, I think both quarterbacks hopefully stay healthy, and I hope they stay healthy so that we avoid the, oh, my God, Malik Murphy should be playing in this football game when right. he had it in the portal. I, I don't want that to happen. That would be worst-case scenario, and I don't have a dog in this fight. But I, I think Alabama wins the national championship. I do. I think they are able to get revenge. It's really hard to beat a team twice in the same season, and especially knowing that Alabama had all these different things that they did wrong against Texas, an offensive line that should be so much better than the one that Texas dominated back in Week 2. I, I think that matchup is a bit more fair, even though Texas defensive front is so unbelievably rock solid but i'll take bama to win a national championship i'm not betting against saban at this point of the season but if arch manning were to lead texas to a national championship i mean come on oh, like, the, the storylines we have there that would be amazing uh and the internet would melt down it would be fantastic <laughs> theater for those of us in the content business. the um if you were in charge what punishment what should happen to the kid from eastern michigan that threw the sucker punch to start the brawl Bet him for next year. Is that too much? No, I don't uh, think so. I mean, that, that's that, crazy what he did. That, how many times have you, has that clip gone around? I mean, think about that. And think about how many different places are sharing that, and it's that bad. That is a, a, a horrible, horrible look. If you can suspend kids, essentially, I mean, it's not suspending, but it used to be NCAA rules for you know transferring as an undergrad. You had mm-hmm. to sit out a season. I think you could sit out a season for doing that. That was that was about as bad as as conduct as, as I've seen, and especially in, a, in such a lopsided right. game. It's one yeah. thing that's happened in the heat of the play, but that that was so premeditated in a, a post game scenario. Just a bad look all around. If you got suspended for the year, I, I don't think anybody would push back. It was assault, brother, as uh, Adam Sandler <laughs> once said. And it's also dumb. The kid's wearing a helmet. <laughs> you you punch the one with the helmet. You punched him in a helmet. Guys, there are things that that. I don't understand. There there are things I don't understand in this world. Billie Eilish and why people (laughs) punch other people with helmets. Exactly. It always seems to happen, though, and she's always somewhere that you see on your TV. He is Connor O'Gara, Senior National Columnist for Saturday Down South and Saturday Tradition. You can follow him on Twitter at CJ O'Gara. Happy New Year to you and your family. So we will talk to you right after the National Championship game next. Enjoy all these bowl games, Connor. Looking forward to the new year. Gentlemen, appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thank you now. This hour of the program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, Corner White Station, and Quince is where you'll find them. A lot of people off this week, probably trying to get some things done around the house before the new year, enjoying this time off. Well, head over to East Memphis Ace Hardware, get all those supplies you need for those DIY projects. Uh, they've got certainly everything you need and a great staff to help you find it as well. Plus, of course, the Big Green Egg. They are a platinum dealer. I was cooked a little Christmas meal on my Big Green Egg, and which I got from folks over at East Memphis 
Ace Hardware. They've got the eggs. They've got the accessories. They've got so much for you. East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station and Quince. You're tuned into Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So one other note about Florida State, obviously with Rodemaker going into the portal, the Lausanne product, Brock Glenn, will get the start in the bowl game versus Georgia. Big moment for him. Uh, yeah, uh, good luck to him. Good luck to him. He'll need to throw the ball a little bit better for them to have a prayer, but I don't think they have. And he'll be prayer. doing it without the good receivers. Yeah, so that's always uh, it's always fun. Well, between injuries and opt outs, and, and doing it again, against Georgia, it's just not it's just not fair to Florida State. But it is what it is. I feel bad for Mike Norvell. All right, so tomorrow's Tuesday or Wednesday, rather. That means five favorite things. It's also our last, not only. Of the year, but ever. We wrap up something that has been fun, but all good things come to an end. We appreciate uh, your participation over the years. So tomorrow I thought I would just do something pretty simple and gives you a little bit of lead way to go any way you want with this. But the five favorite things about your life. Tell us about you. Tell us about you. What are the five favorite things that you're most proud of? Five favorite things that you've accomplished, uh, people in your life, whatever it may be. Your five favorite things about your life for tomorrow's five favorite things finale. Okay? NBA. We were talking earlier about the Grizzlies back in action tonight in New Orleans. Also tonight, if you're scoring at home, the Pistons host the Nets. Pistons just the other day lost in Brooklyn against the Nets. Now they host them. They are riding a 26-game losing streak. That ties Philly's record of 26 straight in one season. But Philly owns the record for most losses consecutively over a couple of seasons. That streak is at 28. So Detroit, if they cannot beat the Nets tonight, I believe of Boston and then Toronto. And if they lose the next three, the record would fall. Good for them. 26 in a row. It is hard. Achieving history. It is hard for me to believe in any professional sport, hard enough in collegiate sports, but I could see it sometimes in, in a collegiate sport. In professional sports, in the big four, if you will, and that includes the hockey, that a team can lose that many times consecutively. They have professionals, they have guys who make a lot of money, they have guys who have a lot of pride. They have a guy, guys who practice. They are not always injured. I, I, I don't understand. There are games that you play opponents when those opponents aren't into it, when they have injuries themselves, when they've had travel issues. Like one time you would win a game. It boggles the mind in this day and age that still happens. You, you would think you would uh, stumble into a win somewhere. Um, Again, they've got talented players, um, some really good young players that they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out. But um, 
especially in the world of basketball today, you know, you should have a night where you get hot from three point range. An opponent shoots terribly from three point range. I mean, they're it's um, it's really hard to lose twenty six straight games. I, it's mm-hmm. it, you should re, no matter what. There should be a night where things just click for you shooting the basketball and you figure out a way to win a game. But they have not been able to do that. So we'll see if they're able to uh, to achieve history or if they do stumble into a win here in the next couple of games. When we come back, we'll open up Hour 2 with Humdinger's Trivia, and then we'll get into the NFL before Jeff Crane is scheduled to join us at 825 what a weekend in the National Football League. Culminated with uh, three Monday games, including last night's Monday night game, in which the Ravens made, you talk about a statement game, the Ravens made a huge statement. And Lamar Jackson made a huge statement. We will talk about all the NFL coming up uh, after the top of the hour break. I do want to tell you folks about Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration. And in 2024, if you have any type of roofing issues right now, you need to get that roof taken care of. So maybe that's one of the the game plan for 2024 is uh, getting that roof fixed. And if you're going to do that, stay local. How about a family-owned and operated company called Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration? For all your roofing and home repair needs, call Brandon McCullough in the new year at 901-438-5084 or go online to newroofmemphis.com. They offer all types of financing, including plans and options, like a 6 or a 12, even an 18-month same-as-cash option. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll work out of pocket. Remember, your insurance company can't tell you which company to use for whatever service you need done. That is your choice. They do residential and commercial roofing, so business owners, property managers, obviously homeowners. If you have a leak or any other roofing problem, call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. They're licensed, bonded, and insured, and a member of the Better Business Bureau. Get a five-year labor warranty on the purchase of a new roof and all their work. Is satisfaction guaranteed? That includes work around the home, like carpentry work, exterior painting. They can replace gutters, install shingles, put up fencing and siding, rotten wood repair, whatever you can't do yourself. Call the experts at Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration. Quality work at a very reasonable price. Again, this is a locally owned and operated company. For all your roofing and home repair needs, call Brandon in the new year. Tell him you heard it here on Sports 56 Mornings, 901-438-5084 or online at newroofmemphis.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 